Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 Podcast. Memphis, 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 What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Grizz 901, sponsored by Zach Jaworski State Farm. Yes, that is the newest thing we have going. This is the 100th episode. I am your host, Daniel Greer, uh, but we are uh, we're newly sponsored, and so you should be seeing um, our logo change very shortly. Uh, but Zach Jaworski, uh, their slogan is... Friends becoming family. I think that's it. I don't know. They'll take care of you. They'll treat you like family. That's what it is. They'll treat you like family. That that should do well for the first, uh, you know, the first time we're bringing them on. Uh, but we have a lot to uh, hit on this. And so with that being said, Ryan is back as well. What's up, Ryan? It's nice to have the C team back again. Back together once again. <laughs> after this uh, summer hiatus where the rest of the Grizzly crew took over. So it feels like the uh, the scrubs are getting some minutes again. Yeah, we're finally back. Uh, it's been a um, it's been a good time off. I'm not going to lie. Like it was a chance for me to kind of catch my breath. Uh, I've, I've obviously been doing so much back end stuff, getting ready for uh, really what is this upcoming season. Uh, because we have, you know, a lot of announcements to make today. We're going to make a lot of those on the front end before we get into our notes uh, that we have. Uh, but we want to hit on three things, and they're going to be very fun. Uh, the first one that we're going to hit into is going to be Desmond Bain, and we're going to go back to the deep dive that was. Uh, I think it was Nate and Ian and Ryan asked for this himself he asked can i talk about the desmond bain deep dive episode and so 100 percent, yes we're gonna hit that and then the dylan brooks contract year i have my thoughts on that a lot of people are saying like he's in a contract year so you should get the best version of dylan brooks but what does that mean uh and the last thing um it's gonna be just the grizzly schedule we haven't had a chance to hit on that yet uh and then we're gonna have one thing from the nba and so Ryan's going to bring that each and every week. One thing that you need to know or one topic we're going to hit on each week about the NBA. And so Ryan will bring that. But let's go ahead and get into announcements. Ryan, are you excited about this upcoming season for the podcast? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What am I about to announce? This is new <laughs> to me. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. It's a couple weeks away from training camp, I believe. And we've got games a little more than a month away, I believe, the start of regular season. So I think it's like October 20th or 19th or something like that. So um, it's it's soon. 
No, yeah, I, I think it's sooner than training camp starts very soon. I want to say it's two weeks or so. Training camp's going to take off. Uh, and then from there, obviously, you're going to have some preseason games and then the first game of the season. Uh, I haven't even looked at the date of the first game of the season. Like, I know exactly when it is. Like, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> October 1st. Yeah, very simple. So, October 1st is the first game. Uh, first I don't preseason know if you game. Yeah, yes, first preseason <laughs> game. So, we're talking about getting into basketball, you know, whatever, less than 20 days away. Uh, that's um, It's going to come fast, and I can't wait, to be honest with you, uh, because once it gets here, God, it's going to be so glorious. Uh, but it's going to be nonstop. So, the Grizzlies play on the 19th. So, we're less than 40 days away from the first game um, as of this recording, and so it's going to be awesome. But uh, some of the announcements we're going to do is um, the first one is, is we have a big team uh, now. Like we did a lot of recruiting in this offseason. Uh, thank you to the team uh, with the lead sports media, which we are a part of. We did a lot of recruiting and mainly it was the article based stuff. And that was everybody that's going to have, you know, articles that are coming out. And we should have uh, a lot that you've seen. If you missed a lot of those, we've done a lot of deep dives where we can actually break down more of the players in this offseason and give you content. A lot of people were begging for content during the offseason. Well, we had a chance to do that with our growing team. And so uh, Nathan, who is my content manager, has done a very good job. He's been leading the charge behind the scenes, and he's obviously been leading the podcast. Uh, and so he has done a very good job. And I'm excited about what's to come. We're going to have, you know, last year, I think we produced like 10 or 12 articles. We're going to do 10 or 12 articles within the first <laughs> month or two of the season. Like we've done 10 or 12 just in this off season. So uh, we have a, we have a good size team now. And because of this, the sponsorship behind us uh, with state farm, you probably also heard in on the podcast intro uh, crew pros is sponsoring us as well. Um, and so they're a bunch of a good group of guys that if you need any kind of, you know, remodeling work or anything done, uh, get you go check out those guys. Uh, they're going to have a little, uh, the ad, which you might have heard in the, in the very beginning. But uh, another thing, and what's different, and what's going to be the hardest with you, Ryan, this is going to be the hardest thing by far. <laughs> it's going to be our video YouTube version. We're on YouTube <laughs> now, man. Are you excited about it? Because I don't think you are. Yeah, I, uh, YouTube, new to, the, new to the scene. So hopefully we can help this young company kind of boost its numbers a little bit. <laughs> um with content so uh yeah i'm excited to help out this burgeoning and growing company yeah youtube <laughs> just content. getting off the ground <laughs> content. Are, they on, are they on kickstarter as well i don't I know mean, like they, there's talks about live tv i don't really see it but we'll see <laughs> all right so um another thing that we do have is uh that's that's coming besides the youtube which we're going to make sure uh that we're doing um, as much as we can, Ryan has obviously some technical difficulties at times. Um, and so <laughs> the plan going forward, uh, so everybody can kind of stay on schedule, is we're going to have our normal shows on uh, that we will probably record on a Sunday, uh, if not maybe another day, but we're going to have them release on Monday. Uh, they are not going to be live. We're going to record them. We're going to put them in the, uh, the hopper and put them out Monday for you. You can check them out, podcasts always. You can check them out on YouTube. Uh, but something different we're doing, we're going to go live every Wednesday or Thursday. Okay, so depending on scheduling because of the games of the Grizzlies, 
uh, depending on whether they have a Thursday game or whether a Wednesday game. We don't want to give too much, but just looking through the schedule, they do play a lot of Wednesdays. And so because of that, we're going to go live on Thursdays because we want to hit right after a game. But if they have a game on Thursday and Tuesday, like so they play Tuesday, Thursday, we're going to bring you our show on Wednesday. It's going to be live on YouTube. And as soon as that gets done, we'll upload it to the podcast. But if you want to see it first, I know a lot of people tune in to the Chris Vernon show. That is live at noon. We're going to bring you a show at 11. So if you like Grizzlies, if you want to hear it on maybe uh, lunch hour, uh, pretty much we're going to help you from 11 leading all the way up to Chris Vernon uh, when he takes off at noon. Uh, he's a big staple here in Memphis, and so we want to go ahead and um, catch him a little bit before him and uh, kind of give you an appetizer, if you will. So that'll be me and Nathan's <laughs> show every uh, Wednesday or Thursday at 11. It will be live, so if you have questions, feel free to, uh, to put those in the chat in YouTube, and we'll be able to answer those um, as we see them. Um, the other thing is, is we have our merch it is live, or it should be live if it's not yet, uh, but just go to grindcitydesigns.com. Uh, those people over there, um, Allison, Will, have been amazing. They've helped a long way, uh, kind of get us off the ground. We have a lot of merch designs coming. Right now, this is very bland, and I, want, I, I did that on purpose. I want this to be very bland. I just want to put our logo on here, and as the season goes, we're going to roll out more designs that we already have made up. And we're going to put those on shirts and different things that you might want. And so if you have something that you want, let us know. But we're going to have merch coming out. Um, and as we say stupid things, mainly me or Nathan, uh, we'll probably put that on a shirt too. And so we'll, ha- we'll have that in there at grindcitydesigns.com. All right. Ryan, is that is that all of our notes? I think I've hit everything so far. And we're Gotta. almost <laughs> 10 minutes in. Yeah, I hope so. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think I've hit on everything. Let me let me just go through these real quick. I don't think I have anything else. Uh, yes, we are good to go. Um, we do have other stuff that will be kind of being announced and kind of taken off. But uh, as of right now, that's what we have so far. So without that being all, without all that being done, well, let's talk a little bit of Grizzlies. We're going to try to keep this to a you know 45 minute show. So we got 35 minutes, Ryan. Let's hop into it. <laughs> All right. The first one, Desmond Bain. This is the one you requested. This is all about the deep dive with Nate and Ian. So give me your thoughts on this. Yeah, I thought the deep dive was good. And I think all the deep dives that they have done with different, you know, new people to Grizz, um, to Grizz lead has been awesome. Um, I mainly just wanted to argue against their projection for Bain this season, um, specifically with their points, because they thought maybe be about the same a regress. And I think if the Grizzlies are going to prove that they're a 50 plus win team and here to stay, he can't average that. I think Desmond Bain actually with this year's projection, I think he's north of 20 and is knocking on a potential all-star selection. Um, so to me, he's in the 21 to 22 point per game is where I project Desmond Bain to be this season. And I think that's mainly more just a couple more minutes, um, of playing time. And we know he's uber efficient. I mean, he bumped his threes up to almost seven attempts per game. I fully expect that to go even a little bit more seven and a half to eight, maybe attempts, um, 
and he'll get those attempts if he's playing just three more minutes a game, right? So I believe he was second on the team last year in 29 minutes per game. Bump him up to 32 or 33 minutes per game, just like they did with Ja. And, you know, three to four extra points a game for Desmond Bain is not out of the realm of possibility. Um, especially, I think, last year he averaged like half a point per minute. Um, so you add the couple of minutes there. I mean, there's two to three right there. So to me, if the Grizzlies are going to be what we think they are, which is a 50 plus win team consistently, even without triple J for an extended period of time, I think Desmond Bain has to be at least a 20 to 22 point scorer for this team. So for me, the only reason I wanted to mention it is I just wanted to counteract the projection for Desmond. Yeah. I'm very optimistic that obviously they weren't against Desmond. I think Desmond's awesome. That's to say they aren't. But if you haven't listened to that, you need to go back and listen to it um, because they did a good, great deep dive on Bain. But to me, he's a 21 to 22 point score this year. And it's kind of like a John Wall, Bradley Beal back in their heyday kind of effect. Like there's one A and one B. And I think this is just a two-headed monster attack. And I get the – we'll talk about Dylan, who might be the quote-unquote villain against this yeah. projection. Um, and I get the argument with that, but I don't think Bain cares. And I'm certainly expecting him to be 21, 21 and a half points per game um, with a little bit more playing time since a lot of the key rotation pieces were gone last year. Someone's got to pick him up. I think Bang can be a 32, 33-minute-per-game player. So yeah. that's what I see projection-wise for Desmond. Yeah, and so um, that's not exactly what you said uh, before we got on here. So uh, I guess you're just kind of making it uh, good for you know Nathan <laughs> and Ian, but um, I'll express my, that your concerns with them at a later date. But, um, <laughs> but no, I um, just looking through his numbers, and so I'll, I'll break down a little bit of what they said once you ask me to talk about that, I thought, you know what, let me go back and listen. So I listened to everything they said, and I wrote down the notes uh, verbatim from them. Uh, but I want to look back at uh, this uh, first. Um, looking at what he did from his first year to second year, he shot practically the exact same percentages, whether it was a field goal percent or whether it was a three-point percent. Both were like 0.46 uh, from two-point, then three-point was 0.43, Okay. So that was amazing to see that because if you look at it, 22 minutes a game up to roughly 29.8 as the second year. So he played practically 22 and, tw and 30 minutes this past season. Um, and so he doubled his field goal attempts, seven his first year, 14.5 his second year. Um, and if you look at the three-point, it went from four attempts a game to 6.9, so roughly seven three-point attempts a game this second season. That's a lot. So I understand what they're saying is because he did average 18 points a game, 18.2, and he averaged 14 and a half shots. I think it was Nathan that said he takes a step back uh, and he probably does 12 shots per game. That would be taking two and a half less, right? So I don't, I don't understand that. Let's just be honest. I don't get why that would ever be. He would take two less. And then Ian, who wanted to, 
if you can hear it in his voice, go back and listen to it if you like. Ian wanted to stand on the hill, Desmond Bain, but he cowered. <laughs> he cowered to Nate and said, you know what? I get it. He's probably 16 to 18 points per game. I could see him taking two shots less, but he's probably at 16, point, 16 to 18 points per game. He cowered. So, Nate, so, so Nathan, <laughs> you made Ian cower to you. I'll say this. <laughs> I think he is 20. He's north of 20 points a game. And the reason it is there's a lot of rookies that are taking the place of DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson. Okay. I don't know if you see, like, you rely a lot on people that are veterans. They don't have that. They don't have that part where they can go, you know, Melton get hot and kind of shoot his, you know, five, six, seven shots a game. He don't, they don't have that. Kyle Anderson, he took a lot of bunnies. He took a lot of shots at the at the front of the rim. So you ch- let's say you shot five, and I'm not looking at it. It doesn't matter. But that's missing shots. First part of the year, I don't know what how long uh, Jaron's going to be out. That's missing attempts. Something has to happen. And, yes, I think Jaw has a better year than he had last year. But how good of a year is he going to be able to have? So I think that Desmond Bain is going to be the best guy to take more shots, and if he continues at this percent, I think he just catapults north of 20, I think is the guarantee lock of the season. Yeah, I completely agree 100%. I just – I the only argument I think you can have against it is everyone saw Bain's jump, so now he's going to be game-planned against. Yeah. And I get that, but – your game plan is going to have to revolve around, you know, chasing him all the time, which is probably only going to help Jaw put more pressure on the rim, right? If someone's another help defender is not keying off on his drives. And a lot of stuff with Bain was through motions and stuff anyways. So it's not like he was just a sit-in-the-corner three-point shooter, which is basically what they're trying to turn Dylan Brooks into, uh, looking at the Warriors series. Just stay in the corner and shoot a three, and God, please don't hurt us anywhere else. Um, He's just not a standstill shooter like that. Like he's active and he's moving. Um, So it's just, it's hard to key in on that kind of player. I mean, it's a regular season. People don't really want to chase a guy like that all the time. Like for most people, game 37 in a regular season is not that serious. Um, So I just don't see it to where every game they play, someone's there's going to be like, we have to stop Jaws drives and B we have to stop Desmond Bain's <laughs> motion shooting. Right. Like I, I just don't see that as being a huge hindrance to him, especially with the pickup in minutes and a little bit, a couple more extra field goal attempts a game. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I think it's going to be tough. I think you gotta, somebody's got to shoot. Right. And I think that the rookies <laughs> that will be playing when they do play, um, I think we'll obviously uh, have to get some shots up, but let's just be honest. Like you're going to rely on, you know, your key people that have brought you to the dance. Right. And so I think you got to make sure you go back and go to Bain. So um, we disagree, Ian and Nate. Ian, <laughs> you coward. You coward to Nate. I know you did. Ian, Ian agrees with us. He does agree. But, yeah. But he didn't say he agreed. He coward. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's keep it going. Uh, Next is something that I want to talk about, and that was uh, Dylan Brooks and his contract year. And so let me lead this off uh, real quick. 
Uh, Dylan Brooks obviously is in a contract year at this moment. He has not been traded. I expect for him to be traded. Um, at this point, I don't expect him to be traded. I don't know what would be out there that the Grizzlies would want to go get. Um, I don't know of a package. I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, um, I bet DeMar DeRozan is available. Um, mm. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I love DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> I'll take him, uh, especially for Dylan Brooks. There's not many people I wouldn't take. But <laughs> everybody's got this idea in their head that Dylan Brooks is going to be a player in a contract year who just balls out. I don't know if y'all realize this. Dylan Brooks tries to always ball out. What does a contract <laughs> year make you do? It makes you be more aggressive, you know, take shots, kind of have a little bit more energy. You know, if you think about, hey, this is a contract year. I need to play well throughout the entire season. I don't think that's the, the problem of Dylan Brooks. I think that it actually could hurt in reverse. And I, tell me if you agree with this or not. Jaron being out in the very beginning of the season is going to lead into bad tendencies, possibly for a guy like Dylan Brooks, because there's more shots to go around. So he's going to want to take more shots. What happens if he feels comfortable taking his 15 or so shots a game? Jaron comes back. He wants to make sure I'm in a contract year. I need to get up those 15 shots a game. Uh, that actually works in reverse. What say you? Yeah, I. So I want to be fair to both sides. Like for Dylan personally as a player, he took a discount on the first time round with the Grizzlies as a second round pick. Like he's a very affordable, pretty good deal for what he is, for what he's contributed to the franchise. So I totally understand from his point, it's time for me to get paid. Right. Um, but there is the, the problem with that is then the thinking comes in with, well, then that means I have to score more and show out more. Exactly. Um, and which could bite into the, um, I mean, we saw it every time in the playoffs, he just will take terrible shots. And does that mean he's going to start taking even more awful shots? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, they can't, some of them can't get worse. Um, I, I'm just, they tried to turn him into just a stand in the corner, shoot threes kind of guy. When we got down into it, into the playoffs, I just have a hard time seeing that he will be okay with that kind of role um, heading into a contract year. So he's kind of in a spot where he can't win. Right. And in all fairness to him, it's really kind of not fair for him, right? Like he was with this franchise when it was down in the dumps. And now he's at it when it's back on its peak and still ascending. And he still can't win contract wise. <laughs> like he took a second round contract for a four year, really good deal for the Grizzlies at the time to where now it's probably undervalued for what it is. And he probably thinks he should be, I mean, he's what, 27? Going to be 27? He's yeah. looking for his payday to set him up for his retirement. Like, let's be right. honest. And there's just really no path forward with that with the Grizzlies. And I don't know if there's going to be a lot of teams in the offseason with an appetite for that. Yeah. So 
it's really interesting dynamic because he is at a fork in the road and what he decides he wants to do. Because if he basically shoots the Grizzlies in the foot and himself in the foot by trying to go out and get all these stats to prove he's deserving of some $100 million contract over four years, four or five years, then that could really turn a lot of teams off. So I think a lot of teams would be more interested if they wanted to sign him. If you're a young team that needed a little veteran presence, you know, physical defender or whatever, like he's probably on your radar at the right price, but you have to see the buy-in. So I'm very interested which path he chooses, because if he chooses the path where he's going to go get his own stats and he's got to put up numbers because that's what will get him paid. I don't think he'll get paid. Yeah. Um, but if he buys into a specific role at the Grizzlies, and that's to be the number one, the point man on defense, and he is kind of the third guy on offense, and he's okay with being in the corner and then attacking off of that, I think he could get paid if he buys into that role because there will be some kind of rising young team who will find that, you know, helpful to them, right, as they try to take the next step. So I'm very interested which path he'll go. I don't think he alone can tank the season (laughs) for the Grizzlies. So I'm not putting that on him. Like if we start slow, we talk about the schedule, I'm sure here in a few minutes, like I don't think it's going to be because Dylan Brooks decided he's going to start shooting 20 to 22 shots. Like he's in his Kobe year, right? He's going to, he's going to take, he's going to take 24 shots a game. Um, I don't think he has that kind of impact offensively to just completely screw us up. Um, And his defense is going to be there. So, I'm interested by either avenue. I want to be fair to the player itself um, because he probably has been underpaid, quote unquote, for what he has done in his actual career. But it's just at a crossroads where the Grizzlies where he's just not worth $100 million at his age. It's just not like is prime Dylan Brooks. You know, most people's primes 27, 31, 32 range like is Dylan Brooks going to get better? I certainly don't think so. And is it the case where this is the best we'll ever see Dylan Brooks play? Like, well, has only, he basically he's only 26. Does he? Okay. I couldn't remember if he was 26 or 27. Um, I knew he was right there, but he might be 27, but let's, let's, we're splitting hairs. I'm just looking well, at his stats and it says he's uh 26 at last year. So I imagine he's had a okay. birthday. Okay, so it, with the Grizzlies, it's they said this over the season that money's not an issue. It just depends on the price. Yeah. And it's hard for me to see him taking two back-to-back team-friendly deals for a guy who probably feels like he should be owed more for what he's done, quote-unquote. I just don't think there's a market out there for him. Yeah. So I think the buy-in is very important for him and his agent to showcase to other teams to try to go get a deal with like, like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I, I think Dylan Brooks is a good player, but a lot of people have said, you know, what, what if, you know, when Jaron comes back, he actually moves to the bench. Okay. Let me just, let me just clear that up. Okay. <laughs> the only way he's moving to the bench is if he goes to another team, Dylan Brooks <laughs> will be a starter on yes. this team. Yep. 
This is a contract year. You think a guy that's in a contract year decides, I'm going to take a step back for the good of the team? No, no. <laughs> we ain't doing that. <laughs> this is this is my year. I want to get paid. And so this is good team chemistry. I don't want to ruin that. Uh, so let's continue on. He's going to be a starter. Let's just put that out in the open. Um, and so your ideas of him moving to the bench, I don't think it's a possibility. The only way it's he not. moves to the bench is if you bring it's in somebody else. Yeah. You bring in somebody yeah. else. That's a true vet that is much better than him. He knows, Hey, this, we're, we have a chance at championship that won't happen because he'll be the guy that, that gets sent out on the trade. Like that's just how it works. <laughs> so either way, he is not going to be on the bench. He's not coming off the bench. That's what his, his best role would be coming off the bench it's never going to happen not here in memphis unless literally he gets four years older and then at that point after his upcoming contract then he might actually take a step back but not on the big one not in your prime do you actually say i'm going to take the step back so all right let's get off of dylan brooks uh and let's go on to the Grizzlies schedule and so i have done a full deal so if you can see it i <laughs> Done everything. This is uh, the Rob Fisher one. People like to to view. Um, he did a, a deep dives. Uh, mine were a little bit of deep dives. I didn't go as crazy as he did, uh, but I do have some some stats on that. And so we want to go into the Grizzlies schedule. But before we get into the Grizzlies schedule, let me tell you a little bit about Zach Jaworski State Farm. He is a local guy, so make sure you go check him out. If for some odd reason you do not have insurance or if you think your insurance agent sucks. Okay. I did <laughs> once, once a time ago, I thought my insurance agent just blew. And so what did I do? <laughs> I called my buddy Zach and said, Hey, I need insurance. And so I do absolutely everything through Zach now, um, whether it's home cars, everything, make sure you go uh, check it out. You can call, Zach Jaworski at 901-401-1104. Again, 901 uh, sorry, 901-401-1104. He has offices out in East Memphis uh, as well as Collierville. So if you um, have a chance, go check it out. Uh, the website there is ZachInsuresMemphis.com. Z-A-C-H. Don't forget, ZachInsuresMemphis.com. Ryan, did you know that this is life insurance awareness month i did not i didn't know that was the thing i didn't know the thing either i asked um <laughs> zach's uh beautiful wife i asked zach's wife and i said hey uh what should we talk about on this she's like it's i don't know it's life insurance awareness month and i said unfortunately like that is really as you get older as i get older with kids i'm just like man that's probably something i should hit on uh, but obviously what we did on our kids, and this might be smart for you. And this is a true testimonial because, uh, Zach is my agent. Um, and he's helped me out. Uh, we had a, we got our kids life insurance from when they were born. It's cheap. It never changes. Um, and as long as before they turn one, uh, you kept them, you catch them at their cheapest. And then you can obviously pass that off to them. Uh, our plan is to pass that off to them when they get married. So, Hey, we're going to pay for your wedding. But we're also going to hand you off your life insurance. If you want to keep making that payment, feel free. If you don't, uh, you, you don't have life insurance anymore. So that's actually our plan. 
uh, in life. And I feel like that makes you an adult uh, because then you're married. So, uh, but go check out Zach Jaworski State Farm at ZachInsuresMemphis.com. All right, let's get into the last thing we have is the Grizzly schedule. Ryan, what stands out to you about the Grizzly schedule? Uh, the first three weeks. <laughs> okay. Six of the six of the first nine games are on the road. Um, now in that stretch, we're talking about maybe one, potentially two playoff teams, um, depending on what you think about the Nets, who should honestly change their name to the Brooklyn Paper Tigers. Um, <laughs> so it depends on how you're feeling about the Nets. Optimistically, beginning of the year, everybody should be there. So that should be a tough one. On paper? Uh, so they might lose to the Paper Tigers, but to me... Six of these nine being on the road, and they have a real shot to being seven and two. Mm-hmm. And I think if they're anything less than six and three, then there's obviously some adjustment going on with losing key pieces like Melton and Kyle Anderson and Triple J not being there. So, um, I mean, the only two losses I can think of when I first see this first three weeks is that Dallas back-to-back the first week. I mean, that's three games mm-hmm. in four nights. And the Nets, and that's their second home game. Um, After that, I mean, at Kings, at the Jazz twice. We know the Jazz just blew it up at the Blazers and then home for the Hornets before they start a, you know, a four-game road, um, well, home and road mixed, but mostly home games um, the following week. So I think it's imperative for them to have a strong start. And last year, in the past couple of years, it's been 500 basketball, right? Like, um, we were kind of questioning after 10 to 12 games, if I remember correctly, last year, we're right at 500, maybe a little above, maybe a little below, and then we just took off. Um, So I think it's good to start strong and kind of pad our record early, because once you get to December, December's a gauntlet. Um, and then it kind of gets easier in January, and then you've got a run right after All-Star break. That's a rough patch of games, which to me is one of the more difficult sections of the schedule. So I I think it starts out pretty easy, then it gets a little tough, and then it gets pretty hard after All-Star break. So I think it's important to pad the wins early and then kind of coast off that. Um, until you get Triple J back and hopefully, you know, the rookies have kind of fit in. We figured out the back end rotation at this point. Um, so I don't I just don't want to see struggling early because I think that could kind of continue as we get deeper into December. Um, and especially after all star break for sure. So hot start is what I'm looking for. Ideally nine and zero would be awesome, but realistically seven and two is I think very achievable for this Grizzlies team. Yeah, I like it. Um, my daughter didn't like what you were saying, but um, <laughs> that's the uh, that's what that's actually what's happening. If you're if you're hearing us on podcast, uh, YouTube, and what we're going to be on, um, and we're going to try to go live on Twitter whenever we uh, actually have a live show on Wednesdays and Thursdays. But you're going to see. Uh, a lot of what just happened with my daughter who decided uh, she's bored now. And so I didn't expect her to be here. Uh, but you know what? 
uh, that's part of uh, being a parent. So, um, yeah, as you said, six of eight on the road right away. That's that's dude. You're going. I, if the Grizzlies are, I don't know uh, what four and four. I'm I'm a little worried. Uh, they better be at least five. You know, five and three at minimum um, on those first eight. So. It just depends. It's it's tough, but because you literally have you know six of the first eight on the road, and then the, like you said, four of the first uh, four games in the first six days of the schedule, uh, they should be fairly healthy. But their bodies aren't ready to play, you know, a, a, a real season yet. Um, but some things that I looked at is our first matchup with Minnesota on eleven eleven. Um, that is going to be really cool to see that and what actually happens there. It's going to be on ESPN. Um, the first game in uh, it's at New Orleans. First time we play New Orleans is always kind of a rivalry there. We're actually going to be there. I'll be there um, potentially talking with some of the other Grizzly people that we might actually, you know, take more people down there and go to a game. Uh, we'll see uh, what happens. Uh, but something else I look at as well is a nine day road trip. So it starts uh, in December 12, 17 and goes to Christmas. But if you look at that part of their schedule, it is nine days, and there's four games in nine days. Okay, so it's not crazy. But if you look at those games, three of the four are actually on, like, legit cable TV. They are big national televised games. And they have three days off in between some, two, three days off in between them just to kind of get them ready. But the fact is their last game on the road on Christmas Day, I know they're going to be excited to play that, but it's, it's literally a four games on the road, and you're ending in Golden State, dude. They're going to be exhausted. Nine days away, it's just going to be it's going to be very tough. Um, but they play on almost every holiday, which is funny as well. New Year's, MLK, the Super Bowl, which is a, a holiday <laughs> in itself. Um, I think they play on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, that's big. Uh, but the last thing that I want to say is the last part of the schedule is tough. Like you talked about four of the last five are on the road to end the season at Chicago. Then you have Portland at home. Then you go at new Orleans rivalry game, conference game or division game at Milwaukee. Hopefully they're not playing for anything anymore. And then at Oklahoma city, uh, you should be able to take off there because Oklahoma city at that point is not trying to win. Uh, but that's for the last five on the road that could, that could come down to what position you're in. So hopefully we don't get to that point. Uh, but anything else you have on their schedule? Yeah, I think, uh, to hit specifically on the Christmas day one, I mean, the NBA really did a favor for the Warriors for this matchup, right? Uh, because the Warriors, their last game before the Christmas day is the 21st, um, at the net. So they do have to fly cross country, but they got three days rest before they have to play Christmas Day. And the Grizzlies are going to be coming off a day's rest traveling from Phoenix, who two days prior, they played at Denver. So you're talking about altitude, and you yeah. got to go down to Phoenix. And, you know, it's the winter there. but um, And then you got to fly over to Warriors, which I know it's all kind of within the same triangle vicinity or whatever, but we're talking about three teams that are projected to be top three or four in the West this year. Um, and to kind of end that road trip with the Warriors on Christmas day, where the Warriors have three days rest. I mean, 
a little bit of a schedule help, I think, by the NBA for the Warriors on Christmas Day, not to get embarrassed. Um, I do think it's an interesting game. So certainly expect the Grizzlies to get smacked upside the head by the Suns two days prior by 20 or 30 because they'll be looking to perform their best against the Warriors on that Christmas Day on Sunday. But then they come right back home and play the Suns again. So I'm interested how they'll perform in Denver and and Phoenix right before Christmas Day. Um, And, of course, you know, we all know there's always lingering issues by the or injury issues by the time we get to December anyway. So we'll see who's in, who's out, what's going on with the status of the season. Um, but there's a few things that I think it's interesting. I know the NBA has pushed to kind of reduce the back-to-back load on teams. And like, I, I tried to count all this. I did probably way too much work on this schedule. I've got all their opponents, their prior couple games before they play the Grizzlies and all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I'm trying to use it more for like our gambling, you know, betting advantage, trying to find advantages when I can. And scheduling is such a huge part of betting on NBA basketball. And if you bet on NBA basketball, you're just, you're a glutton for punishment anyways. Um, right. Because it's, it's so it, the variation, it's just, You can't account for anything. Anything could change every other day. Um, So last year, they they had 14, I believe, that were back-to-backs. They went 7-7 and in those back-to-backs. This year, they only have 11. Um, So the opponents opponents are kind of, you know, last year, their wins in those back-to-backs. They beat the Warriors in overtime, Lakers, Suns, Cavs, Lakers again, Wizards, and Pacers. Um, And the losses... It was to bad teams, which is weird um, because their losses in those back-to-back on that 7-7 record, Lakers, Pelicans, Pelicans, okay. At the time, probably not great. Um, But Thunder, Mavericks, Blazers, Rockets, Celtics. So Hmm. at the point on those back-to-backs, there's really only two teams out of that. You know, the Mavs or Celtics, so you say they're worth anything. Um, So here's their back-to-back opponents. This year, the Mavericks again, the Celtics, the Heat, the Kings, Magic Spurs, the Kings again, the Cavaliers, the New Look Cavaliers, Hmm. the Rockets, the Warriors, and Clippers. I mean, identify besides the Rockets and the Magic and the Spurs, those are all what we consider to be competent team, the other eight. Yeah. So it's interesting to see if they'll be able to maintain the kind of 500 status on back-to-backs because I do think that is important. Um, if they are just two and nine on these back-to-backs, I mean, that's a pretty big swing in a season and can really affect your overall standing record in the Western Conference, which we all assume is going to be a bloodbath, which we all cannot foresee a huge injury that's going to happen to somebody that's going to knock them out of the playoffs completely. Um, but the other thing I'm interested in is the third game in four days. And I think that's virtually always a loss. <laughs> if you're playing your third game in four days, I, I, it's not only typically a back-to-back, but you're usually playing a back-to-back with a day rest and then you're playing someone else, right? Yeah. Um, and last year they went five and seven on that record. They had 12 of them last year. This year, from my count, which I could – be missing something. I've stared at these numbers so long, started to get cross-eyed. Um, <laughs> they have 10 of them. So I'm interested by that. The 
teams that they play in those third games in four days. Like, this is kind of the sneaky part of the scheduling by the NBA that I think could cause a record regression because it's a lot of familiar names like you see in the back-to-backs that I mentioned. Here's the third game and four days opponents for all these. And these 10 that they have this year from my count, Mavericks, Celtics, Heat, Kings, Spurs, Kings, Nuggets, Warriors, Clippers, Pelicans. I I don't know what you think about the Kings. I mean, I'm not super high on the Kings, but we always struggle with De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis specifically. Like, I think they're the, yeah they're going to the, be good either way. The Spurs are the only bad team in this list, right? And so yeah, there's some combo with these with back to back and in the third game in four days. But this is kind of a murderous row for these. We're dead tired on these certain road trips or home stands, and look who's rolling in for our third game in four days: the freaking Celtics. Yeah, like and. There's some schedule things that I've looked at where maybe they're a wash, like the Celtics, you know, had they're on their third game of a four game road trip and we're game three, right? Um, these are the little kind of nuances in the schedule that I was trying to look for when trying to do a record projection for the Grizzlies. Um, so obviously, I don't think we're winning, what, 56 games again, because I'm interested by the flip of what this back-to-back and third game in four days will do. Um, so I, I could see us being around 50 wins. I'm curious to see how this goes. And we were really good on the road last year. Yeah. And in the previous seasons, we were about 500 or less. So will we regress back to that without Triple J? Or are we just those guys now to where we're just good no matter what? But we beat up on bad teams last year. And... Well, in general, we beat up on everybody, but (laughs) higher end playoff teams we struggled against. And now you're talking about, you know, 10 of these third games in four days. Nine of them are projected to be playoff teams, like eight of them at least are projected to be playoff teams. So I think that's the nuance of the schedule that I'm most interested by to see how um, we attack and respond to that kind of scheduling, because I think it's sneaky. Yeah, I think if you break it down, you can actually diagnose the schedule a lot differently, as you were talking about, mainly for uh, for the betting side of things. Um, real quick, could we uh, could we hold off on your uh, your NBA question till next week? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, okay. I was about to say because we're uh, we're kind of <laughs> running up on time here, uh, but I, I do think um, that that's important to kind of look at and break down. Uh, back-to-back start games in four days because all you know that's always important because that's really um it's important to see because of betting purposes but you know these guys are still struggling uh because they um they honestly it's it's tough and so i get what you're saying um and but it just depends we'll see how it goes uh but on that uh real quick the uh what else we're doing as well people have seen uh one my daughter by Say hi to Margo. All right. See you later, Margo. <laughs> All right. Um, so um, you've seen that we posted on um, our Twitter account that we have an Instagram page. So go go follow uh, our Instagram page. I believe it's at Grizzlead. I don't have it in front of me. I probably should have wrote that down. But just go put in Grizzlead. I, I can't imagine it'd be that, that tough. Uh, we're going to have a Facebook page for the simple fact that 
Uh, we'll be able to stream live on Facebook as well. So if you're a Facebook person, you can stream live as well. Um, and then we obviously have Twitter. Uh, another thing we're doing is we're going to try to do some betting stuff. And so Brian's going to help me the most with that uh, because I have a lot going on personally. Uh, but uh, I think that he'll be a good benefit because he's uh, probably the guy that does that. So we're going to try to do something every game day, uh, whether it's give you matchups to look for, stuff to look at. And so Ryan's going to be mainly the one that's going to be the brains behind it, whether he's uh, doing it um actually posting it on twitter or whether we're doing videos and it's just me or if it's somebody else or the grizzly team kind of taking turns doing it so i think it'll be uh, really important to um kind of check out but um anything else that you have ryan real quick because i have one little thing i want to say before we get out of here but uh, anything you have no not anything pressing go see zach he doesn't suck um he does according to daniel good guy <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, very, Zach- very, very excited that we are back talking about this that um, a month away. Yeah, it's back. Very, very much so. We uh, we're getting so close. It feels it feels good. Uh, we hopefully have more to come. We'll see. We have a lot of stuff in the works, but uh, make sure you go check out some merch. But uh, the last thing I will say, and this is kind of, I guess, close to me personally um and if you're on youtube you can kind of see the thing that says be nice and tell your friends so uh a little story behind that i was um starting this podcast and trying to get it off the ground was doing the was it uh free basketball grizzlies edition with ryan for uh i don't even know was it a full season we did it uh, it was uh, all right i can't remember yeah it was yeah, but I was trying to, a couple months i think yeah, I was trying to think of something uh, to end the show because usually like, you know, you have a show ender, like uh, something you say. Um, I got the idea. Of, I think it was GP, Gary Parrish that said it. Um, be kind, be good, rep your hood. Uh, I think that's how I say it. I don't know. Uh, but I, I love that. And I thought it was always cool. So I always said, you know, from the very beginning, be nice and tell your friends. And it's kind of got a double meeting of, you know, be nice and tell your friends about the show. But also be nice. Tell your friends to be nice. Which way did you take it, Ryan? <laughs> I always took it as the first one. Be a nice person and tell your friends about it. Right. And so that's pretty much it was a double meaning. So that's the reason that I, I chose that one, went with it. And this is, you know, all all personal. Uh, but what's happening in Memphis? I figured we would just hit on it real quick and it does not have to be uh, long at all. Uh, but I think it's um, I think it's a trying time in our city, and I think it's important to kind of just um, just say something about it. Um, I won't say, and this is mainly talking about the the Liza Fletcher deal. Uh, the other thing about the sh- the shooter was absolutely just that's nuts in itself. Um, but the reason I say you know be nice and tell your friends, you know, because obviously my whole goal and the way I am, I'm very laid back. I just don't have a I'm carefree. Uh, I think we, I think both of us are in that mentality. Um, but it's mainly, I want people to kind of just be nice to each other. I don't care what race religion, um, I don't care what, you know, politics get involved in this. Um, just being nice because I was the T-ball coach to Liza Fletcher's kid. And I love that dude. He kind of caught on to me. I think he was going through some things, uh, personally, um, and I think at the age of, what is he, you know, six, I believe, um, that hit home for me because I saw that name and I go, who is that? Oh, it's one of my parents that went missing. That's weird. 
oh, that is, you know, the kid's name, um, his mom. And she was so, always so nice to me. I don't know her that well. I've spoken to her, you know, briefly, um, you know, every, after every game, uh, she always came up and he always came up, gave me a high five, said thanks. Um, so it was always cool. Uh, but the fact that somebody took somebody's life for stupidity, it sucks. Um, and so it hit home for me personally because my wife literally goes and runs or used to run every morning at 5 a.m. Okay. We just bought a treadmill. <laughs> we mm. have a treadmill. Uh, or I guess we didn't buy yep. Somebody gave us one. We have a treadmill and we're very careful. Um, but I have two girls at home. I sometimes don't even wake up before she gets back home uh, because we don't, you know, wake up till a little bit later. She just goes on quick runs. And so I was thinking of my personal life and what we would be without ours, our, you know, pretty much our rock in our household. And so I hate that. And I am not too much of an emotional person, but it kind of gets me, you know, tugs in my heart even more because you don't know what's going to happen when somebody leaves or goes and does something. So um, I thought about that simple quote and, and it's stupid. And most people don't even pay attention. Most people, they don't make it to the end of the show, <laughs> which is also <laughs> another thing, which is uh, in the end, you know, it is what it is. That's, it's always fun. But, um, <laughs> but I was thinking of that statement and it's mainly just, you know, be nice to each other. One, you don't know what somebody's going through. Um, you don't know if they've had a great day, a terrible day. It doesn't matter. Just be nice. And so that's what we'll end on. I don't want to get too in depth. I just want to pray and have, um, you know, thoughts and prayers for that family, uh, for the city of Memphis, because um, I want this to be a place that, that I call home. Uh, I enjoy it here. I was born and raised here. Uh, you as well. Um, and so I hope that this is a place that uh, people can be proud of. Um, when the Grizzlies are in the playoffs, we rally around the grindhouse. We rally around a lot of what makes Memphis what we think it is. To see it in the, the news and what it actually is pisses me off. And so I hate that. And I hope that is not what it's going to be for the future. Uh, I hope this is going to be a place that everybody can call home and be proud of. And so, um, so pretty much on that, we have nothing else. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We have so much uh, good things to talk about. And we, uh, I know we're both excited about the future and what is to come. Uh, we're about to blow up on this brand, um, and I'm excited. I think we're going to really take off this season. And um, we've had so many talks behind, um, I guess, off camera. Now we're on camera now, off camera, uh, <laughs> that I think that we're all jacked up to see really what could be this season. But, um, but that's all we have. Um, it means more, and I think it from now on will always mean more. Um, but that's it. Be nice and tell your friends.